0: crappy theme song means that we got shit from public domain and it also means it's time for history of your heart all right trying to get all this mess in line here doc I was almost late I just ran into the house and grabbed some beer and came sat down man Oh, by the way, my name's Sam. Over there, we got Doc. Hey, Doc, how you doing?
1: Oh, uh, I'm so vertical.
0: All righty. That's a plus sometimes. <laughs> it's a hindrance, other. Uh, but, yeah, I got to do one of my favorite things today, Doc. I had to go to the pharmacy. And I know this seems odd, uh, because I've had, when I talked about it on the other shows about going to the pharmacy over here where you can buy anything (laughs) you can buy toys Uh, last time I went I got a couple of decks of cards because I realized I don't have any cards anymore they're still unopened but one day you know one day so uh yeah when you go to the when you go to the fucking don't
1: expect me to play strip poker with you
0: well why did I buy the cards over here you can buy anything at the pharmacy right yeah what I love doing I got to do it today because it was a big day right so uh I'm rolling up you know I say hey Kenneth Broussard I said well we're still working on one give us about five minutes oh not a problem so when I came back I bought let's see 30 cyclobenzoprene, uh, 21 oxycodone, 120 gabapentins, and a 30 pack of beer. <laughs> the pharmacist always looks at you like, Really? Really? you buying a 30 pack of beer? The pills here aren't enough. <laughs> do, you, do you honestly need the beer? And my answer is yes, it takes the edge off. <laughs> nah, really, it's just fun. Yeah, so anyway, what we do here every week uh, gives some story from history, some lesser-known story from history, and we just kind of have fun with it. You know, we don't take any of this shit seriously. We're not historians. Uh, We just... Like history buffs, you know, we we used to sit at the table <laughs> in the kitchen, uh, drunk as fuck, having history conversations. Oh, would the Roman army from this period beat the Mongolian army from that period, you know? we'd have these stupid conversations all the time. We say, "Hey, let's do it on the podcast." And guess what? We do it on the podcast, not as good. <laughs> but we're working on it. Yeah, we're still tr- we're still kind of developing this and seeing what we're going to do with it. But it's fun. In the meantime, it's just fucking fun. So, like I said, I'm here uh, in the studio, uh Doc's 3.2 miles away, and still yeah, i guess you actually have your own studio now right uh
1: just a mic and a set of headphones and running through this computer yeah that's
0: about it that's what people call a studio i'm actually in a room <laughs> full of equipment yeah i got you know mixing boards headphone amps uh, mic stands and mics set up everywhere yeah we could do like eight nine people backup
1: systems upon backup systems yeah
0: everything we have is is got a backup because we learned early on shit fucking breaks and if shit breaks you can't do a podcast (laughs) so when you're able you know to get something you get it and you put it away in the other studio all right yeah anyway we're here uh I got a, a story and Doc's got a story. Um, what you did all week, Doc, did you get uh did you get a date yet for the uh for your uh, for the vaccine? No. Didn't they approve it like yesterday or are they still working on the Uh I don't know what's going on.
1: I'm so tired of all that crap, man, it just i don't even like turning on the news anymore
0: uh, yeah i'm with you i'm 100 percent with you i right mean
1: it's, it's all these months that i've stayed mostly secluded uh you know I, I, it was at first it was like okay now i'm alone you know i don't have to fuck with people Right. right and now it's getting to the point was now I'm alone and I'm tired of fucking with myself.
0: <laughs> Give me some people to fuck with. Yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, uh, Doc is like a—I guess you would call you prime candidate for the for the COVID, right?
1: Uh, yeah, uh, I've got. Uh, you know i've gone through two chemos so my immune system is yeah is, is, is question. but um uh, you know uh, i take i've had my pneumonia shots i've had all my flu shots right uh i'm constantly seeing doctors so you know they're, they're keeping an eye on me uh the positive is um uh, uh they said that people with o positive or o negative blood is less susceptible so and that's me and i'm o negative that's
0: um, good.
1: uh that I don't go anywhere uh, I, i'm I'm barely outside there's two times a week that I go out and uh that's just to um pick up lottery tickets and get tea when I run out of tea, right You're full and I usually do that masked, late at right. night when nobody's around
0: right right
1: and uh you know I'm, I'm I'm doing the six foot thing even if you know
0: nobody else does somebody
1: said something about up on the counter, you know I'll wait till lay back off before I get up okay. there and do the the card thing and right. yeah we've got l- a spray bottle of uh that uh vodka or tequila smelling uh
0: hand sanitizer that
1: i spray everything down
0: with yeah that's super strong shit oh yeah and see the thing is you know doc's having to do this because we live in louisiana and i'd say i don't know fucking 60 70 percent of Louisiana doesn't think this thing is even real it's true right I've noticed
1: something in the last couple of months I mean when it first started you know uh, I, I, I mean the last podcast I did at your house you know I put up I put on the whole fucking
0: yeah he had like a whole surgical gear, gear.
1: And, yeah we took a picture of it yeah he had his
0: feet and booties it's uh go to uh facebook page and go to the photos it's in there we got a couple of photos of him i mean he's fully covered in like hospital gear the full shit on his shoes you know the 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 you know hair in the fucking uh uh it's not a hair net it's a fucking
1: no i was just uh, wearing my cap but I had the goggles, and the mask, and yeah. the gloves, and the gown, and I think what, so... Uh, I think what's happening... But then uh, it was after that that, you know, uh, you know I decided, well, I, I'd better retreat into some place that, you know...
0: Right, because at that time, shit was spiking here really fucking bad, and it's yeah, doing that again right now. It just
1: started spiking. Yeah and uh you know i I was always wearing the mask and the gloves and the spray and all that shit and i noticed a lot of people weren't wearing (laughs) masks and stuff but whenever the cases started climbing and the death count started climbing then i started seeing more and more people wear masks there
0: is and in the
1: last few months it seems like every time i turn around there's nearly 90 percent 95 percent of the people you will see wearing masks uh sometimes they're wearing them even on their face yeah. <laughs> there's, there's that one idiot that's always walking around not wearing a crap yeah you know that's at the at the counter and that's the guy you know i just stand way away from
0: yeah i think because you know, uh,
1: they got the little marks on the floors where you're supposed to stand and they got the yeah. The plexiglass thing hanging in front of everything nowadays its, it's like and it,
0: it's spiking so much right now. I think people are starting to have like their relatives get it, right? Yeah. And they go, "Oh wait, it's not the flu." Yeah. <laughs> what are you What are you telling me? You know? <coughs> oh, doc. Uh, oh, I don't know if he'd want me to say this. Uh, I got. did you get a message from smidge no yeah
1: no i haven't been on facebook in months i just
0: i don't blame you
1: it seems like it's the same old crap i mean it is it is i got hell, uh i got tons of fucking happy birthdays that i never even answered <laughs> I, I mean it was
0: yeah i i got a notification for this uh early in the morning right i I couldn't sleep i was hurting so uh i looked at it and uh yeah he got it and it developed into pneumonia he's in the hospital in uh, illinois there
1: wow what a drag
0: i'm using Smiths. that's not his real name so i guess it's okay nobody knows who he is nobody we, well, we do yeah, we yeah we actually know who and, he is.
1: I, you know I, I hope and uh, and he's you know he's giving my best regards and hope
0: for the best yeah he's like fucking what, 10 15 years younger than me yeah. yeah yeah man yeah but that's kind of fucked up so I think uh A lot of people are getting to where they know people that get it and see the actual shit and change their mind you know maybe it is real
1: oh I I didn't doubt it from the beginning I mean since uh, oh I guess when was it December and uh
0: yeah um, me it was like mid-january
1: yeah january beginning of december well whenever it all started there in china it was like oh was shit m- making huge yeah.
0: news and it was starting to spread remember i had to go to the doctor because i thought i had the flu and i had a, like a fucking nice fever and i was fully fucked up you know, in the throat and the nose and shit, and they were like, okay, yeah, and they came in in the outfit, and I'm like, what's going on? <laughs> and they swabbed, yeah. they swabbed me and said, we'll be back in about 15 minutes, and they came back about 15 minutes. Said, we were just checking, make sure, and it, uh, it wasn't, a, it, back then it was still the corona, right? Making sure yeah. you, you don't have the coronas. You have this other virus that, here, take this but you're you're gonna be sick for like six six eight weeks and god damn it was like five months (laughs) yeah that i was just the fucking nose dripping into the throat the fucking well i got a raspy voice now because i'm i'm i had just taken medication you know maybe 20 minutes before this started it'll clear up later that's it's one of the uh that's one of the side effects from from gabapentin is you get your voice gets kind of raspy for a little while. It's no big deal though. Ah, all right. Yeah,
1: I, I, I took all that all the precautions when it first started because you know they kept saying uh, you know how deadly it was and everything, and then I started seeing the. Uh, you know how the the uh death count kept climbing in yeah. in china and then how they were whenever they got all bent out of shape and started quarantine and sterilized and everything <laughs> i went whoa maybe this shit is serious than i thought <laughs> yeah so you know i started taking all the precautions and uh you know that's why i stayed home oh. and started doing the podcast from the house and uh you know, it's, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I'm getting up there in age. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I want to, I've got too many things I still want to do before I kick off.
0: I got you. And if you come over here, man, this is in the middle of a fucking huge neighborhood. It's <laughs> just right smack in the middle of this huge fucking neighborhood. You know, there'll be 30, 40 people walking by in the house during a podcast. You know, there's people all the fuck over all the time in this place. Um, Yes. Wait. Lou, Lou. Come on, my man. Come on, behave. Jesus Christ, Lou. All right. We got Doc up there. I can put this here. Oh, fuck. Yeah, I'm all... Out of sorts, like I said, I just fucking walked through the door, you know. Grabbed some beer, came, sat down, called you up. I'm still putting the fucking shit together. <laughs> All right, so Doc, mm. you got a story for us this week?
1: Yes, I do. All righty, let me uh,
0: let me get your theme song up here. I think I got it. If Lou lets me. Lou, you want to push the button? You got your nose on it. You want to push it? Oh, good boy. Good boy. Oh, now I got your snot on my goddamn mouse.
1: Okay. Uh, the person mean? I'm doing today is uh, absolutely a true American hero. Okay. A uh, uh, a guy who would, uh, uh, you know, uh, an explorer, uh, uh, you know, veteran. Uh, I, I can't say enough about this guy it was also one of my childhood heroes when I was real young I read one of his books and the uh, oh dude you know the kangaroo is not a
0: real captain right huh you know captain kangaroo is not a real captain right yeah okay yeah, so this is a different guy
1: would, yeah this is, yeah this is different
0: <laughs> you, you know you watch Captain Kangaroo we all did yeah.
1: <laughs> Only this is um, uh, Chuck Yeager, who recently passed away. He passed away on the seventh of this
0: month. Yes, he did. I I read and, about that. Uh, yeah, he is like. Yeah, he is a true American hero, man. He is.
1: Um, but like, it was born february 13th 1923 uh he started out his career uh, well he was born to uh the farming parents of sue may and albert hal yeager
0: oh wait you got your sources there
1: oh yeah references yeah oh, there you shit go. Let, me, let me get down to the references here uh there's only 107 of them <laughs> okay.
0: okay yeah so you, you aerospace have the
1: Smithsonian uh, the New York Times um, West Virginia Humanities Council that's enough yeah uh, <laughs> uh, Chuck Yeager the uh, Age of the Fighter Pilot uh, shit there's there's many many of them there's even uh, uh chuck yeager i checked uh, chuck yeager's web page and read through some of his articles there
0: so this is uh, a guy you've actually been reading about and following since you were a kid
1: yeah okay He's you know, it's mean, good enough
0: good enough so
1: me. uh if you want to look him up and uh check out all the things that he's done in his life There's plenty, plenty of places you can look up. Uh, uh, Air Force Museum has got a big, big thing on him. The Space Museum has got a big write-up on him. Um, Jeez, there's there's more written about him, of course. Yeah. He lived a life. I mean, Uh -uh. this guy lived a life that... uh, you know, certain people could only dream of. All right, so so
0: he was born a farmer boy.
1: He was, yeah, he was born to farming parents in uh, Myra, West Virginia. And mm. at five years old, they moved to Hamlin, West Virginia. Uh, he had two brothers and two sisters. One of them was accidentally killed by her brother. <laughs> while he was playing with a shotgun. (laughs) I'm sorry. Yeah, well.
0: I don't usually giggle at such a sad thing, but I heard you giggling in the back, and it kind of made me giggle.
1: Playing with a shotgun. Uh, He attended Hamilton High School and played basketball and football, of course. You know, all the. Big heroes were athletic types. Yep. His best grades were in geometry and typing. He graduated high school in 1941, and his first experience with the military was uh, with the uh, civilians military training camp at Fort Benjamin in uh, Indianapolis. Okay. And um, he was dating at the... T- at Uh, As early as uh, 1939, a young lady by the name of Glennis Dickhouse.
0: Okay, okay. you do this on purpose, man. Every fucking fucking show, you pick a story with a name like that. Sometimes you start rattling off. But Dickhouse, really? Really? Really.
1: Look it up. I
0: I don't want to. let let sleeping dogs fucker
1: he was a cousin of former baseball catcher steve at yeager in uh, 1941 he enlisted in the u.s. army air force that was before the air force was separate from the army oh right right yeah the army and air force were still one entity and uh, he was a mechanic and got training at uh, George Air Force Base. And Jaeger uh, was not eligible for training because of his age, flight training because of his age, and the fact he didn't have a college education.
0: Right. Normally, you have to either, you have to have a college ed- education and be an officer, right? Don't you have to be an officer yeah.
1: to fly? Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh. Three months later, pr- promoted to the U.S. Air Force to alter the recruiting stat, uh, Standard Jager was usually sharp vision, with a visual accuracy of rated at 2010, enabled him to shoot a deer at 600 yards. By the time Sweet flight Jesus. training accepted, he was a crew a chief of an A-1011. He received his pilot wings and promoted to flight officer.
0: Okay, Doc. That's, uh I, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, I did. What's the A ten eleven? Do what? You say it was a crew chief of an A ten eleven. Yeah. That what's that?
1: Uh A ten eleven is uh just a uh it's a training plane. Oh, okay. Like, a T stands for uh, advanced trainer. Right. Okay. Right. And uh, AT 11 was a Beechcraft Model 18. All right. It's a twin engine plane. Right. It's just like so, uh, like he
0: was doing, like, you know, you go to driving school. Yeah. <laughs> you got the special cars. He was in a plane like that. All right. That makes sense.
1: So he's trained as a fighter pilot in a Bell P 39 Air Cobra. And those planes were not the best aircraft in the world. <laughs> um, and, he was grounded for several days after clipping a farmer's tree during a flight <laughs> training. He was shipped overseas. Uh, on November twenty second, nineteen forty three. He was uh, stationed at RAF Liston. Jaeger was uh, transferred to P fifty one Mustangs, and was with the three hundred and sixty third Fighter Squadron. He named all of his aircraft Glamorous Glenn.
0: Okay, I'm
1: okay. Until he broke the speed record, and then he changed the name to his aircraft to the uh, Glamorous Glennis.
0: He didn't. He didn't put Dick anywhere on there, right? No. Okay. No I, no. I don't blame him. I'm just it, <laughs> that's that's her name. Uh, Do you mean you uh, he gained you
1: one victory before he was shot down over in France in uh forty fourth uh, March fifth, nineteen forty four after his eighth mission He escaped to Maine uh, to Spain. Uh, with the help of the Marquis and the French resistance returned him to England. <clears throat> but during his stay, uh, he was assisted with the guerrillas in their duties and did not involve was not involved in direct combat, but helped construct bombs for the group as a skill that he learned from his father. So his father was the mad bomber.
0: Oh yeah, yeah I, I could see that back well, in the in day. Well, farming—you would have in to farming, get stumps you had to out the ground.
1: Tree to, yeah, to move street stumps and everything. So you know that's where he learned how to use dynamite.
0: I remember, I remember even when I was alive and young, and like we go to uh, small towns like Youngsville, and Milton. Uh, you know, they had like a counter for everything, and then a little counter on the side which had like guns and stuff because everything was like a a general store yeah you know these old shacks yeah and they you know you could you buy your guns you buy your ammo and you could buy dynamite sticks of dynamite to to blow stumps out of the ground and stuff you know Mm. which they still did that doc uh, me and you would despite be despite
1: regulations of prohibiting evaders escape pilots from flying over enemy territory again the purpose of which was so that they wouldn't if they got captured again they couldn't tell the Germans who their captor who, who <laughs> helped them escape <laughs> they got away and, yeah
0: yeah that makes so, sense it makes sense
1: uh He kept bitching about it and bitching about it, and he was reinstated to go ahead and fly combat. um, By uh, let's see, cleared. uh, He bit so much that General Eisenhower finally let me go to my squadron. Jaeger said he cleared me for combat on D-Day.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: After the Frenchman and Marquis that had surfaced to fight the Germans, Eisenhower gained permission in the War Department, and he was capable of flying over the Eagle's Channel. <clears throat> he was also noted for being uh, for his flying skills and his combat leadership, and on October 12, 1944, he became the first pilot his group to make an ace in a day. By downing five enemy aircraft in a single mission in a day, in a day, yeah. (laughs) Good Lord! There were a few pilots during World War II that were capable of doing that. There were some in the Pacific during the uh, Marianas Turkey Shoot, where there was guys that were shooting down five planes in a day.
0: Yeah, but like in World War II, uh, the planes weren't really that good, and they weren't really that capable. You could go through the war and never even shoot someone down. Yeah. It's true. It's
1: true. I worked with a, uh, a guy when I was back in Odessa. We just called him the Major. Uh, he flew in the Pacific uh, in a P-51 and said that every time that they went up, he was looking to shoot somebody down, and he finally got his chance to attack a Betty bomber. But the bomber flew up into the clouds, so he went after them And they're flying around in the clouds, and it said. Next thing you know, there was this bomber in front of them, and they barely missed each other. He oh, said he never went after another plane that went to the clouds after that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine because you can't see you can't see Dick. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I didn't mean I didn't mean you couldn't see Glenn's wife. I meant you you couldn't see shit there. Yeah. I didn't want to confuse the story. <laughs> I can't believe that's her name, man.
1: just can't believe that. Oh, you got to
0: see her picture. She is a cutie. I would imagine. You know, he probably had the Poon Tang crawling on their knees behind him. You know? Because he was fucking like, somehow, you know, he came out of that pasture. <laughs> And went into the world and was fucking whip smart as shit. You Two know. of the
1: planes that he killed, he scored without firing a single shot when he flew into firing position against uh an Messerschmitt one oh nine and the pilot of the aircraft panicked, breaking to the right instead of to the left and collided with oh, his wingman. Fuck. So these two planes are flying along. He gets behind one of them. Guy goes, oh, shit, man, and breaks to the right. And on the right-hand side of him, <laughs> is his own wingman that collide. Both the guys bailed out. Okay, I got to ask you.
0: Now, <laughs> you always hear Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith, you know, Luftwaffe, Luftwaffe. But in fact, in reality, they were like shitty, right? The plane sucked. The the pilots sucked.
1: The 109 was one of the uh, uh, best aircraft that flew, that was flown by the Germans in capable hands.
0: Yeah, but they didn't have a lot of capable hands, right?
1: mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. If you had a good pilot, it doesn't matter what you're flying. Right.
0: But, like, the, the Luftwaffe just lost just about every time they went up in the air the the
1: later on yeah, yeah the
0: pilots oh okay yeah that's what i'm thinking because they just started throwing like children and shit in there
1: yeah anybody yeah, they, they
0: could grab okay yeah yeah that's that makes more sense that way
1: you know their, their their pilot thing was uh as long as you're capable of flying and there's a war going on you're flying Oh yeah, you know it's not like in the United States. After twenty-five missions, you're done. You're done. Yeah, they'll send you back to the United States as a training to train other pilots.
0: Right. I think originally wasn't it like seventeen originally or fifteen? Yeah. But and then, then, then the war dragged ra-
1: twenty-five.
0: Yeah. the The war dragged on so long. Well, yeah. That's the whole point. That's the like the plot of Catch Twenty Two. Just when the guy made all his missions. They raised it. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Anyway. He so. was
1: also one of the first to have a air-to-air victory over a jet fighter, the German ME-262. He shot down as it was coming in for an approach for landing. Hmm. And one of his favorite sayings is, the first jet I ever saw, I shot down. <laughs>
0: yeah uh uh, those uh early german jets they just hauled ass but turn i don't know (laughs) right didn't they just fucking wreck a lot of times because pilots were just so amazed at how much power they had
1: well that's all they needed was the power to get away yeah 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 they they didn't have to do a whole lot of maneuvering yeah, it's because their whole idea was to fly into a formation of bombers, shoot at them, yeah. shoot a couple of them down, and then haul ass. Right,
0: they were built for one specific thing. Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes sense.
1: Uh, later on, he was uh, after the German Air Force was just about, or the Luftwaffe was just about completely destroyed. Uh, he was put in. For strafing runs and just to pick off whatever there was on the ground, and it said like machine gun fire because hmm? it's like machine gun fire. Yeah, yeah. You come
0: down and you just machine gun everything you see.
1: Yeah, anything that was moving on the ground. I got you. And uh, he said, uh, "Give me uh, that If we're going to do this, we sure as hell better make sure that we're on the winning side. Uh, I'm certainly not proud of the particular missions. Yeah. Because he was shooting up trains, and he was sure there were civilians on that train. So, you know, he... uh,
0: If they didn't win, that'd be a war crime. Yeah. You know.
1: Well, it, it wasn't a fact that it was a war crime because the trains would also have military personnel, military equipment, right. and then civilians also.
0: Yeah, they would mix, and, mix everything together. and uh, And all through Europe, I mean, up to Russia, Germany had, like, every fucking railroad line, right? Yeah. All the way to, well, fucking Spain. From, like, Russia to Spain, every railroad line there they had. They could get anywhere fast
1: he didn't like the british pilots or the british soldiers <laughs> there uh, at all because he said that they were all arrogant and nasty oh
0: yeah they're they're um, above that form boy you know yeah
1: <laughs> so he ended up the war and uh uh got command of Cabin Albert Boyd to the Aeronautics Systems Flight Testing Division (laughs) and this is where he became a test pilot
0: okay hey our stories are gonna fucking mesh (laughs) there's
1: Jaeger remained in the Air Force after the war became a terrorist pilot in Miroch Air Force Base now Edwards Air Force Base following the uh, after his uh, training at flight performance school and uh, after Bell test air uh, pilot Charles Slick Goodman demanded one hundred fifty thousand dollars over the one point uh, to break the sound barrier the US Air Force selected Jaeger to fly the rocket power bell xs1 okay. uh the N C N A C A naca program the nca uh yeah. naca later became nasa
0: yeah yeah we're gonna we're gonna get there on mine too but that fucking plane he flew it looked just like a fucking rocket with wings man
1: yeah it was a it was a bullet with wings <laughs> yeah that's it, all it was
0: it was like holy shit, man. Because if that thing blows, that whole thing blows. <laughs> you know, it's it it's like all one fucking piece.
1: Well, uh, while it was there at Edwards Air Force Base, you know, there was a a, a little place called uh, Poncho Barnes' place, later called the uh, Happy Bottom Ranch.
0: <laughs> either one's fine with me
1: <laughs> well you know poncho barnes is a character in herself she was a uh, air racer in the 20s and 30s right. along with uh a girl by the name of cochran uh let's see if i can find her name she became uh the first woman to uh uh break the sound barrier cochran was what was her name at oh,
0: she, uh, she did anyway, that later on he
1: he was uh you know he knew all the the old flyers mm-hmm. i mean uh, uh it's, well uh, you know you're speaking of the women flyers of, of that age you had uh poncho barnes and uh oh, uh fuck. cochran and uh, uh, jackie cochran and um
0: there was one
1: ear heart right
0: but but there was one i remember who was just like super fucking hot with like blonde hair and they would take like glamour pictures of her in her outfit and shit and she'd go in and fly a fucking jet you know that might have jackie been jackie yeah okay that's who that was yeah
1: uh, she was she was pretty poncho barnes was rough looking yeah, what you she would expect. She looked like she'd beat up a, a, a fucking shitload of sailors in a barroom fight.
0: She probably had.
1: Well, see, <laughs> <She> Poncho <laughs> Barnes, I, I, I can tell you, you know, Poncho Barnes got her nickname because uh, when she was rich. Her family was rich. Okay. And she didn't want to have any part of all the the richy, glitzy crap of being rich. So right. she took off, you know, and did all the things she wanted to she ended up in Mexico for a while hanging out with Pancho Villa and fighting with him. Oh. And that's where when she came back to the United States, they went ahead and tagged her with Pancho Barnes. Mm-hmm. Um while he was hanging out there with uh at the Happy Bottom Riding Club with his <laughs> wife. See, they couldn't have their wives at the uh at Edwards Air Force Base. So they right. had Poncho Barnes had the this little club set up and had cabins and swimming pools and a oh. big dining hall and a dance hall and had all these waitresses that were good looking ladies and some people said they were hookers. Well that's debatable because she said she didn't allow that on her you know on her little area right now if they They loved if one of them decided to go ahead and take off with a pilot or somebody else and do whatever yeah she got nothing to do with that she didn't have nothing to say about it but when they were on her property and under her payroll that was one of the no-no's well uh, Chuck Yeager and his wife were hanging out there just before he was gonna go ahead and break the sound barrier And they were out riding horses. And as they were coming back in, the horse went ahead and did something. But anyway, Chuck Yeager fell off the horse and broke two ribs. And this is just before his uh, uh, breaking the sound barrier. But instead of going to the Air Force doctors, which would have grounded him. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That's what I'm thinking
1: he took off and went to see a civilian doctor who wrapped him up and wrapped up his ribs and he went back and he didn't tell anybody except the project pilot Jack Riley about the accident. And since he couldn't close the capsule door on the X-1, uh, jack riley went ahead and rigged up a cut off broom handle so we could use it as extra leverage to go ahead and seal the hatch
0: right yeah he can't reach up and pull down it, it, it would with, with broken rigs i mean that's the most painful shit you could ever think of yeah well good for them
1: uh jaeger brooks sound barrier on october 14th 1947 with a speed of Mach 1.05 at an altitude of 45,000 feet. The uh, the success of the mission was not announced until the public until a year later. Uh, (laughs) Yeager was uh, awarded the McKay Trophy and the Collier Trophy for his flight and he also got the Hamilton International Trophy Um, the uh, plane that he flew is now at the Smithsonian National Air Institute Space Museum that's where I saw yeah went on to break other speed records and altitude records and
0: um, I think right uh, in front of it is like the spirit of st. Louis and in that same big huge room there's the uh uh that fucking uh what was the nasa uh 11 the one where they landed on the moon was that apollo yeah apollo 11 or whatever yeah that capsule's there and you're amazed they had three dudes and that fucking capsule yeah, Doc, It's tiny. Think you can poke your finger through? It's fucking tiny, man. It's really tiny. It's surprisingly uh, small.
1: Whenever, no come suck. <laughs> God damn it! You do this defeated, on purpose, man. Defected uh, from South Korea God and stole the Mig fifteen. Oh. Uh, they looked at it and everything and uh went ahead and uh wanted to give it back to south korea south korea never said anything about it so they said okay we'll keep it they returned it to miramok and jaeger got to fly it and he flew it to go ahead and and evaluate the performances of it right so it would also uh improve their jets to fight against that jet because at the time the MiG fifteen was really feared.
0: Yeah they were uh Um, they were badass. They were badass. Don't you have a model of one uh, of those? Oh he did. Don't you have a model of one of those?
1: Uh the MiG fifteen? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I painted it rainbow colors.
0: <laughs> you're odd <laughs> go ahead uh.
1: well the MiG-15 NATO was giving different designated names to Russian aircraft instead of calling them all MiGs or, or whatever they were giving them different names so that Air Force pilots could go ahead and call them by these code names instead of saying oh that's another all right. uh, uh mcgill garovich 15 model whatever you know well that plane got the nato code name of faggot oh god the mojos had a uh, group build and they called it uh, the the, the, uh, the mojos faggot. is
0: a is a, like a, a modeling group that doc is in they don't know what that is
1: yeah it's a modeling group just a bunch of guys sit around and build models together anyway they had a group yeah. built called the mojo or i mean the faggot pageant <laughs> so i went ahead and took a model of the mig-15 and, and painted it up in rainbow colors and made it look all you know, with gold trim and all. and <laughs> anyway everybody got a laugh out of it the sooner, as quick as I finished that plane, <laughs> I found out the guy that uh, had invented or, or designed the rainbow flag for the uh, uh, homosexual or, uh, should I say, gay liberation yeah, gay, gay flag. Rights, yeah,
0: the gay rights flag, yeah.
1: Yeah, well, he died the day that I had finished building that model, and I thought, well, isn't this funny? <laughs> Is it because
0: of me? did he know yeah. <laughs> who told him who told Lou was it you uh, you know
1: Jaeger went on to fly uh, many more uh, test missions and uh, he'd uh, beat out uh, I forgot what that pilot's name was who was dubbed uh, the fastest man on earth Jaeger beat him out of it so he took the title instead of this other pilot
0: and I think Uh, I know that one of of the the things that he
1: did was uh, he took a plane to the highest altitude that a plane could fly other than the X-15 right and uh, this was a modified uh, regular modified aircraft and uh, he took off and took and took it straight up just as fast as it could go, until it got to a certain point where the air got so thin, the jet engines couldn't operate, and yep. he hit a rocket because it had a rocket booster on it—a small rocket
0: booster—and
1: right. he got it up to 100,000 feet. So he broke.
0: Yeah, he's an
1: in interceptor. The high <laughs> altitude. Yeah. But then on the way down, after he'd reached that altitude, you know, he said it was great. He could see the curvature of the Earth. He could see the stars up above him. Yeah, right. he knew he was right there at space.
0: He got out of the <laughs> the sky and clouds and just got into the black, you know? Yeah. And he's looking down. Yeah, that's awesome. That'd be cool.
1: And then he started down and... Uh, the plane started pitching and rolling and and everything he, he couldn't was, the air was so thin that aerodynamics had no effect on the aircraft right so he dropped from 80,000 feet to about uh, i don't know i think it was 30,000 feet and just a matter of minutes and he finally got control of the aircraft and, and uh landed it the second time he did it uh he ran into a phenomenon called uh uh well no that was inertia coupling that's a whole different thing but anyway he ran into problems and uh it started pitching and rolling and he couldn't uh he couldn't get control of it so he went ahead and bailed out when he did bail out His oxygen system caught fire, so he got burns on his hands and on his face.
0: Fuck.
1: And, of course, the plane crashed.
0: Uh, And he comes down, just burnt.
1: Yeah. Uh, He he wasn't burned all that bad. Uh, He did other testing he did testing on uh when nasa was doing the lifting body testings yeah for the for the the, the shuttle or what would, would become the shuttle exactly you know the one where you see on uh, the six million dollar man shows the 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 aircraft crash and tumble and roll and, roll. and we can make him better yeah that yeah. was the same plane or the same type of aircraft but he wasn't flying that one. Uh, the guy who crashed that one did live.
0: Oh, that's hard to believe because that thing's horrific. Uh,
1: 1966, Jaeger went back into the Air Force. Uh, he, he'd gotten out, but he went back in and uh, uh, was in charge of uh, <laughs> Tactical Fighter Squadron and F uh, <laughs> 4 Phantoms I heard in that. Vietnam. You know so, that, this guy had already went through World War II, Korea, fought in World War II, fought in Korea, in and now fought in Vietnam.
0: Jesus, fucking Christ! And and he lived.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, he was also assigned to Pakistan to help uh, advance the Pakistani Air Force. Um, oh, there was a lot of things he did after that. He retired on uh, March 1st, 1975. They went ahead and promoted him to general. Whoa. Uh, when they made the movie, The Right Stuff, in 1983, yeah. he made a cameo appearance as a bartender at Poncho's Place.
0: <laughs> That's a great fucking movie, man. It's, it's uh, so good.
1: Uh, for several years, he was connected with General Motors, pro, uh, publicizing AC Delco. They went ahead and let him run the uh, Chevrolet Corvette pace car in the seventh run, the seventh running of the Indianapolis Five Hundred, and he was invited again '68 to run the pace car.
0: Uh, that's how i remember him that's how i first heard of him you know as a child as he was doing those ac delco commercials you know and they said was. his name and said you know all the shit you know he kind of did and then you got to kind of look at, except back then you had to get an encyclopedia right yeah so i looked him up in the fucking encyclopedia and went holy shit and then you know i would get you know go to see books in the library about him and stuff and read it he he did amazing fucking shit man
1: he was appointed by uh reagan to on the rogers commission that investigated the explosion of the challenger right uh he pretty much kind of you know stayed out of things for a long while um but he was always uh doing uh, uh technical stuff he did uh, game manuals featuring quotes from uh for uh, different uh, let's see chuck yeager's air combat the game right right and uh uh in 2009 he participated in the documentary the legend of Poncho Barnes and the Happy Bottom Riding Club <laughs> to profile his friend Poncho Barnes. The documentary was screened at film festivals and won an Emmy Award. <laughs> I
0: gotta, I In
1: 1997, the 50th anniversary of his Mach 1 flight, he flew Glamorous the III, and 18D Eagle, and along with a chase plane, and busted the air, the Mach one speed again. Just as, you know, hey, fifty years later, I can do it again. Okay, now think about that.
0: That's, uh-huh. I think you said fifty-eight years later. Fifty years. Fifty years later. Okay. Okay. Fifty years later.
1: Yeah. Okay. That was nineteen ninety-seven. Was the fiftieth anniversary. He
0: wasn't in preschool when he first did it. So he's like in his fucking 70s they're kicking up close to 80 here.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And And we didn't even mention I didn't even mention the fact that during the uh, uh, first explorations of space who was the first guy to orbit the Earth?
0: uh, John Glenn? Chuck Yeager made three
1: orbits of the earth and uh, came back down
0: i thought it was john glenn oh wait okay yeah he Might orbited john glenn
1: yeah excuse me
0: no i think what chuck yeager chuck did
1: yeager was part of the
0: he was right in the i'm sure he's orbited the earth but he was like in inner space you yeah. know just above the atmosphere there's inner space and then there's outer space, I think John Glenn was the first one to do it in outer space. Chuck Yeager could have fucking orbited the globe in those planes <coughs> that high up.
1: Mm, let me see mm, I was I missed the part where oh yeah, he was uh, uh involved in the technical crew that did help, okay, John Glenn. All go right. Go into uh, into space. All right. Okay. My mistake.
0: And you Oh. I'm I'm not gonna say this because it might be in your story. So go on.
1: Mm, he said that uh it was everything he did in his life was duty over uh duty. <laughs> yeah. I heard it. Duty over (laughs) fear. Uh, He, uh, I can get up here on the whole sections of his awards and his decorations. Oh,
0: fuck.
1: Yeah. I mean, he got... Everything. uh, Well, yeah, he got, let's see... Uh... (laughs) Pilot's Badge, Air Force Distinguished Flying Cross, Distinguished Service Medal, Silver Star, Legion uh-huh. of Merit, Distinguished Flying Cross, Bronze Star, Purple Heart, Air Medal, Air Force Commendation Medal, Presidential Medal of Freedom, Sweet Presidential geez. Unit Citation, Air Force Outstanding Unit Award, Air Defense Service Medal American Campaign Medal, European, African, Middle East Campaign Medal with three stars, Army Occupation Medal, National Defense Medal, Armed Forces oh, uh, Expeditionary me. Medal, Vietnam Service Medal, Air Force Longevity Service Ribbon, Air Force Small Arms Expert Markmanship Ribbon.
0: Here we go. I just got to say something to this ass. Hello? What are you doing? Uh,
1: I just noticed you were home today, so I'm going to give you a call.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, actually doing a podcast right now with Dot. Remember we do that podcast on Friday, thing? Oh, shit, I'm sorry. Uh. Say hello, Dane. Hey, is Pierre there? No, Pierre's working. Where are you? Oh, uh, I had to go pick up some money for my mom so I know that you were home today so uh, I was just giving you a call I forgot about the podcast today I'm sorry <laughs> it's a, hey Doc was in the middle of a good story about Chuck Yeager okay I'll let him get back to it but I will see you tomorrow <laughs> alright right, will see you tomorrow day I'm sorry man. are you it's mad? Fu- no I'm not bad at all I'm doing it because it's funny okay you actually weren't mad at me for not making it today. I just had some stuff to do. We went to a grocery shop and we had to go do a bunch you, of shit. You, all, we already, you already discussed that with me the other day. All right, cool. But That's yeah, all fun. Uh, I would definitely be there on Saturday tomorrow and have your stuff whatever. All just right. All, all right. All right. See, See you later, bro. Hey, you have to put that have your stuff in there, man. What the fuck? What's he talking about? Uh now his
1: ranks <laughs> thank you doc <laughs> now his ranks he started out as a private ok September 12th 1941 uh, he went from private first class to corporal until 1943 um, warrant officer flight officer in 43 second lieutenant 44 first lieutenant 44 captain in 44 he got out of the or out of the air force uh, or the United States Army regular regular army right. went back into the air force in 47 as a second lieutenant Jesus. so they demoted him
0: yeah well I think rankings are and, different and, from uh, like just because you're one thing in one place like if You're a captain in the Navy, right? Like, you can run an entire ship. You can have your own ship. So, captain in the Navy is higher than like captain in the Army.
1: Oh, yeah. It's more
0: responsibility, right? It's a different grade. So, I think that's probably what happened here, you know. Uh, Second lieutenant. I think it's the fact that he
1: had gotten out in between the wars and since he went back in they had to start him off lower mm, could be
0: could be you're probably right
1: uh second lieutenant 47 few months later first lieutenant captain in 1951 major in 1951 which was temporary but made permanent in 58 huh. Second. Lieutenant Colonel, uh, temporary in 56, but permanent in 64. Uh, a Colonel, temporary Jeez. in 61, permanent in 67. And then in uh, June of uh, 1969 he made Brigadier General. <sighs> it's
0: fucking amazing just a farm boy. Uh, boy
1: he said that uh his wife was his good luck charm and that's why he named all his planes after her because he said that uh any plane that i named after you always brings me home it brings them home to dick huh? uh, yeah
0: <laughs> i gotcha
1: no it's jaeger
0: oh yeah they're married jaeger. now so her name's jaeger Cat she died move.
1: in 1990 of a cancer. They oh, had four Lord.
0: children. Uh, I remember the wife ta- uh, and the children used to be on the commercials back in the day. You know, for the, uh, the car battery. Yeah. You would yeah. do Delco car batteries and say, if I trust this with my family, so should you. I'm that dude, you know.
1: Jaeger uh, met uh, actress Victoria Scott D'Angelo, and the pair started dating shortly thereafter, and were married in August 2003. Their kids didn't like it.
0: I would imagine. I would imagine. A uh,
1: dispute broke out between Jaeger, his children, and D'Angelo. Oh, Lauren. Since that she was 35 years younger than Jaeger, she had married him for his fortune.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, I didn't know that. Uh. uh,
1: The Jaegers accused the children of diverting millions of dollars from his assets, and uh, the california court of appeals under rules of yeager finding that his daughter susan had breached her duties as trustee yeager lived in north carolina and died in the afternoon of december 7th 2020 at age 97 in a los angeles
0: hospital yeah that dude was a motherfucker man (laughs) really yeah how many fucking lives did he lead one war being a hero and one more you know being a flying ace in a war in which we did not have an air force yeah that's a pretty big deal okay it was still part of the it was the army air corps right that one was was called you with me Doc? yeah okay yeah, i'm just looking something up yeah, but that's, yeah, he was a motherfucker, man. Who was the guy? Oh, you know what? It might be John Glenn. It was like four or five years ago. This guy's like in his 80s. And like a flat earther walked up to him and said, like, your whole thing is fake. You've never been in space. And he just reared back and beat oh, yeah, the yeah, piss yeah, I saw out that. that guy. Was that John Glenn? <laughs> yeah that was john i was gonna ask you earlier if that was chuck yeager because i did not remember who it was but he just fucking leveled that motherfucker don't tell me where i've been you ass this is kind of uh uh
1: yeager's attitude toward things was rules are made uh, rules are made for people who are willing to make up their own (laughs) okay you don't concentrate on your risk. You concentrate on your results. No risk is too great to prevent the necessary job from getting done.
0: Okay. All right. I, I got to grab some beer. <laughs> you you finished with your story? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to grab some beer. I'm going to pause this for a minute, and we'll be right back. <clears throat> yeah, there it is. There we are. Sorry, people. I was checking my keyboard to see what Lou ate. I don't know what it is. A comma? (laughs) Could be, man. Could be. Why don't you get down? Come on. Get down.
1: Probably probably found something
0: that smelled like a Slim Jim. Had to eat it. (laughs) Oh, fuck yeah. That's their thing now. Fuck Pierre, man. That motherfucker taught them to eat Slim Jims. I I used to be able to eat Slim Jims, not a bother. They did not even care. Wouldn't come near me. Well, Pierre started feeding them that shit, and now they hear one opening and then, oh, they're all yeah. in the room, you know.
1: Here we are. Where's ours? Give me, give me, give me.
0: That's exactly what the fuck it is. Alright, so I got my. This has got to go down here. This goes up here. Let me pull this up. Alright, I got my story here. Alright, episode 22. I got it right here. Take my glasses off. Lou's back up. Thanks a lot, Lou. Alright. Uh, Ronald McNair ring a bell Doc. Ronald McNair yeah uh, writes my sources are uh, Kent uh, education.com Lee University University of Nebraska University of Washington and there was one fucking newspaper article I, wrote a, I read a section out of they never said what newspaper it was out of I didn't quote it, but there was a story in it that I had to kind of put in here. So I just don't know what the, it never said what it was. All right. Robert Irwin McNair. He was born on October 21st, 1950 in South Carolina. He was a bright and curious kid, right? He loved to read and he loved to learn. At the age of nine, He went to the Lake City Public Library, right, in South Carolina. Loving science, he grabbed three science books, right, and went stand in line to check them out. He got to the counter where an old lady, (laughs) you know, an an old withered librarian. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, told him that uh, this is not a colored library he said all he wanted to do was check out these books here this, it's all these three books everybody else checks them out I just want to do that uh, she told him she was going to call the police so he had his three books hopped up on the counter right? took a seat and said I'll wait well the police arrived <laughs> and he's like I just want to I just want to read the books right And his mother arrives. And and the the fucking librarian's like, he's got to go. He's a black person, you know, a kid, right? Nine-year-old black kid in my library. He's got to go. He's got to go, right? So, uh, you know, his mother tells him, you know, he just wants to read the books. Uh, And the police said, hey, you know, what the fuck? And, And he was allowed to borrow the books, right? So at nine... He won the argument. At nine, he walked away with the books, right? And that's a motherfucking thing to do in South Carolina in 1950, right? <laughs> they could have Till him, if you know what I mean. All right, so in 1971, uh, he received a B.S. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Doc. B.S. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah.
1: Bachelor of Science. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah, that's funny. In engineering from North Carolina Greensboro, 1976, he reached a PhD uh, in physics from MIT. Yeah, uh, he became one of the four uh, the foremost scholars in the area of laser physics. Uh, he was the staff physicist. At Hughes Research Lab, a big contractor, big defense contractor. Uh, he was also an accomplished musician. He played the saxophone, and with uh, composer uh, Jean-Michel Jarre. Uh. Yeah, he recorded some shit with him. But he was a he was a a, a well-respected jazz saxophonist. Okay, he was good. Wow, he was also a martial arts master. <laughs> we'll get into that a little later, but yeah, he was also yeah. He's one of those guys that always has to be doing something. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or their brain just goes crazy because they're constantly thinking of shit. Uh, so in 1978, he joined NASA astronaut program. He became a mission specialist and was the second African-American in space. I didn't know that space had a color code, but apparently. Uh, I guess I should have known, right? From all those Star Wars movies? Yeah. shouldn't I should have figured that out, right? They allow one, right? And then people pitch a fit because there's one. Huh. So anyway, during this time, uh, he was getting... You know, doctorate degrees and fellowships from universities from all over the fucking country. I'm trying to draw this up. My story is really short, Doc. Thank you for having a good story. I really appreciate that. I like mine, but it's just short because you can't really find that much. Uh, McNair worked uh the shuttle's robotic arm, right. Uh, that, yeah. that would, like, release and capture satellites in space. He would operate, you know, that platform that would enable spacewalks without tethering. You remember that? Yeah. The completely yeah. free spacewalk. And, well, he managed, he, he worked the the actual platforms where that, that would, like, suck them down and bring them back in. Uh, he was at the top of everything he did. Uh, Let's see. Uh, Completely, yeah, completely free spacewalks. He was the father of two, a boy and a girl, dedicated husband, and just so happens to be a presidential scholar and a Ford Foundation fellow, right? Uh, He did it all. Physics, aeronautics, jazz sax, fifth-degree black belt in karate, uh, he easily could have been on the board of directors somewhere, right? And raking yeah. in millions, you know, just finding ways to fuck consumers and take their money. Or he could have worked for, you know, the, in the U.S. medical system and tell people, you know, give us all of your money or we'll let you die.
1: Yeah, yeah. Right, Doc? Yeah.
0: <laughs> been through that lately. Ah, fuck. So anyway, uh, he worked the robotic one. I spelled U-Y-O-Y. There's something wrong with me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm serious. How did I not see that? And I got like fucking autocorrect, and I know autocorrect's all because sometimes I have to go change the word right because autocorrect right puts the wrong word yeah it puts what you think they think you meant you know y-o-y we'll let y-o-y die period all right Uh, McNair was uh, assigned to STS 51 L in 1986 that's the challenger doc yeah The Challenger launched in January uh, 28th, 1986, uh, with a crew of seven. 73 seconds after takeoff, the Challenger disintegrated over the Atlantic. Now, everyone remembers that because there was a white woman teacher on board, right? When white women die, it's a big deal for some reason. You ever hear about a dead black person on Fox News? (laughs) Except when they're explaining why it's okay for white cops to shoot unarmed blacks.
1: Yeah, that's, yeah.
0: They're scary, right? They're scary. Got to kill them. Uh, No matter what the age, right? So you got that big-titted white woman with blonde hair telling you (laughs) on Fox News (laughs) that uh, even if they were unarmed, right? Yeah, asleep in their own home, you know, after choir practice, <laughs> you know, it, it, you gotta kill him <laughs> because they were no angel. That's what they always say, right? Yeah. Uh, they were no angel. He smoked marijuana once ten years ago. Good thing he's dead. Yeah, that's Fox News. Apparently, on Fox News, blacks have to be angels, or they deserve to be shot. Uh, He was eight, Fox News says. uh, He would have bought a gun in 10 years and hunted down that, that same police officer, right? They're better off taking him out now. He's no angel, right? That's how Fox News works. That's how, well pretty much all the news works really yeah you know white girl yeah, didn't lost do nothing white girl lost holy sweet shit now she's out shooting up meth and coke and heroin robbing banks you know they finally find her oh thank god she's back with her family right <laughs> eight-year-old black kid says mister can you read this baseball card He's got a card. You know, that's kind of how it works. I didn't write that down. Lou, you okay? Did I yeah. scare you with the... I'm not talking to you, Doc. I know you're okay. Well, I actually don't know if you're okay. I didn't ask you. Are you okay? Are you? Yeah, well, yeah, more or less. <laughs> you're about how you're doing about how you're doing just another day in paradise okay got you got you all right well we're almost over so it's okay yeah i told you this story wasn't long because you can't really get that much and uh there's a book that came out not long ago about him and i'm gonna buy it and read it just because i think it's a great story
1: yeah it is a great story so So,
0: let's let's cap it off with this that library in South Carolina that called the police on him because he wanted to read some science books it's now called the Ronald E. McNair Life History Center he was awarded the Space Medal of Honor but you didn't know they had that right no I didn't I, did. I had no idea I'm sure white people got it why didn't we see it? You know, unless you see it like on some white chick's grave or something you would think I never knew they had a space medal of honor. Well he's got uh he's got all the honors that nobody hears about, right? All the medals and decorations from the government for everything he's done. That day, way back at the library, you know, the police came in and they heard both sides, like police should, right? They asked old lady, why don't you just give him the books? Then he'll leave. So when the police basically said, just give him the books. You want him out of here? She gave him the books. And he said, thank you, ma'am. And then left. Now, if he had scared those cops, that building would still be that crappy old library. But... It goes to show that you don't just judge people. I know, I know. Everybody's heard this. You don't just judge people by their race or how they look or what they're doing at the time. Because you could get like a snippet of me walking through my kitchen cooking, wiping my ass with my hand, right? (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, ooh, he's cooking with that. You don't know. You don't know what's actually going on, right? And all I'm trying to say is, you know, the cops that day handled it correct. The cops today wouldn't have. And this was in 1950. The height of desegregation, right? There weren't any protests about it even yet. Right? Nobody cared what they did to black people back then. And the cops heard both sides. Granted, his mother was there. But he won the argument. He won the fucking argument that day. And the police said, lady, let's give him the fucking books. And he still said, thank you, ma'am, and walked out. And that building is now named after him
1: well that just shows his character you know The yeah character that's of what I'm heart. talking about yeah
0: that's exactly you know, what I mean
1: so you know that young man was going someplace because he had character <laughs> he wasn't one of those that would sit there and go ahead and raise hell about oh you know white privilege and this that and the other he just said thank you ma'am and went on and became
0: a you know, uh, a national hero. Can, he died in that fucking space shuttle disaster. When you hear that, all they say, "Oh, is that the one where that teacher was on?" Yeah, right. Yeah, that's all you hear. He was the most brilliant mind at NASA. He was the most brilliant mind there. He, he was an. He had degrees in engineering physics and laser physics anything that went wrong in that shuttle he could fix as an engineer figure out what's wrong by a physicist and kill you know the cyborgs coming after him with that laser i made that last one up yeah but (laughs) he was brilliant he was fucking brilliant and he died on only his second mission. Now, his first mission up, uh, I think he did like a hundred something hours, right? In his first up, he was the second African American man ever to go into space. In his second mission, this big hero just fucking disintegrates with everybody else and. Nobody knows who the fuck Ronald E. McNair is. And I saw a little thing on the History Channel. It was about the Challenger and shit, right? And I was half asleep. I just had it on there so it was something I could go to sleep to. Yeah. But then I kind of opened my eyes and I was interested in it. And they did about 10 minutes on this guy, right? So I wrote it down in my notepad that I have on the bed. Because my memory's so bad. I have notepads laying around the house all over the place to remind <laughs> me what... It's true, right, Doc? I got index cards um, up everywhere.
1: I've got one at my <laughs> on my hobby desk. I've got hunting <laughs> different pads and clipboards all around my computer desk that I write things on and don't know what the hell I'm writing them
0: about. <laughs> That's the sad part. One the in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's just how it is, you know. So, but I wrote it yeah. down.
1: Give you an example. Okay. I'll give you an example. Okay. I wrote down. Just comic book thing out of the way. Uh. Okay, you lost it. Now here it is. Uh. King Weed. Don't know why. <laughs> Don't know. I don't know. Sounds like
0: a guy I'd want to meet.
1: But but it had to have been important because I wrote it down on my, on my sheet that on my notebook that I write down the stories, all my
0: expenses day. on,
1: you know, and, and what oh. I have, a run, it gives me a running idea of what I got left in the bank, you know. Cause okay, I, okay,
0: yeah, yeah. You wrote it on an important notebook. Yeah, but then
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: I got. Uh, it might
1: be something. It might be something on on uh, uh, YouTube. I'm sure it is.
0: I, I got a uh, like a you know the trapper keeper I have for the insignificance. I mean the, yeah. the not new review. I got another one of those, with it's three pages just full of topics. Right for this, and I look down. I say, what am I going to write about next? I look down and I don't remember it goddamn thing about anything on there. (laughs) You know? But this was rough because there was so little about them. Everything, every article, every fucking, like, uh, even school libraries and shit, you know? You go in, like, Colorado, the library in Colorado, you go in read about them, and it's just... All the basic shit, everything I said here, and that's kinda it. They don't delve into his personal life except saying, Hey, he's a fifth degree black belt, got a couple of kids, play some saxophone. You know, hey there's n- nothing on him.
1: He's a he's an accomplished man, a very yeah. accomplished yes. man. Yes. And one that, that like I said earlier, you know, it 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 shows the character of his heart by the beginning of of what caused him to be what he is. Yeah.
0: And he's got balls for sitting oh, there on yeah. the counter and saying, I'll wait for the police, ma'am. <laughs> you know? And his brother's going, holy shit, holy shit, holy shit. Yeah. You know? <laughs> cops are coming, cops are coming. And he won. <laughs> We're going to get beat the shit out of and go to jail. And they didn't. He won the fucking argument. He's nine. He's fucking nine, you know.
1: And that was in what year?
0: 1950, South Carolina.
1: 1950,
0: in South Carolina.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, I can imagine that. You know that.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's not a happy time. No, for the no. African American community there. All you can say is, "Thank God it wasn't Mississippi," right? Yeah. We we might not have yeah. ever had a challenger.
1: Yeah, and uh, thank God for the understanding cops.
0: Yeah, they did their job exactly how that job's supposed to be done in a situation like this, which is just an, you know, an argument between an old lady and a boy. Why should it have to escalate, right? But you know, there's stories yeah there's <laughs> stories oh you, you okay sweetie miles is over there on your your pillows and he just sneezed yeah <laughs> no he sneezed yeah, probably kind of whipped something <laughs> i'm hoping so he, he looked at me like dude <laughs> <laughs> oh now he's sniffing around so he's curling back up he's fine he's fine he probably just got a little swamp ass Right, <laughs> probably <you> know, <laughs> caught a whiff and it was oh what it? wow ah. why are our noses so good?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it hurts. So <laughs> yeah, I wish there was more about this guy. And I'm gonna buy the book. I have it written down on my little uh, note thing over there. I I, I really want to know more, but I wanted to give the story right. So I started doing the story, and I was like, "Oh God, it's gonna be so fucking short because they just don't." Everything I wrote down is basically what I found. Every story said the same thing, right? Except some stories quoted his brothers, some stories quoted his mother and stuff, and and they, but they all said the same thing. They all said the same thing. He was a pretty badass dude. That's uh, that's what they say alrighty let's get
1: this uh, I wouldn't screw with him with a 5th degree black belt no no uh, it, it would still be yes sir no sir <laughs> he would put uh, your- really I mean he deserved the respect of yes sir no sir I mean if he got up there and said look you know here mm-hmm, I am in, in the space program I did this and I did that it would be huh. You know, I'd be amazed enough and, and respectful enough to say, yes, sir, no, sir. Dude,
0: you got a, a PhD like in fucking engineering. I forgot where I said that was. But then you go to MIT and get a PhD in physics. You know, you're the guy in NASA that designs like the lasers and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. the lasers, I did not know this. The lasers are done for, like, tracking. Right? They're not weapons. Like yeah, they, yeah. Like, they shoot a laser out in space, and that's the track. Like, the platform's got to follow, and the dude's got to follow. That's out there, right? Yeah. They can see the straight line out there and back to the craft, right? Because they were spacewalking untethered. They couldn't be pulled back in. They had to come back and stand on that platform that he worked. I thought they were like, I don't know, just shooting it up there and trying to make their way to indoor and you know, see some fucking little wookies or something okay it went away god damn of course the thing I'm looking for goes away well doc okay I think that's it man alright we'll see you later doc say goodbye to somebody
1: uh goodbye all you
0: wonderful people that's right. I kind of caught you there. We don't, you don't say goodbyes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. We'll see you now. later.